and welcome to Kitty Talks, the podcast that shows you how to build a life in alignment with your soul. I'm your host, Kitty Waters, serial entrepreneur and co-creator of the Network for Transformational Leaders. Each week, I interview top thought leaders that are changing the world. They share their life stories on tips on how you can find your purpose. We all have a gift we can bring to the world. Do you feel dead to life? Like there's more to it, but you don't know where to start. Perhaps you don't fit in and you can't understand why. Are you pushing all the time and getting nowhere? Do you long to finally be sure which is the right path for you? This podcast is sponsored by my Do Your Dharma course. This eight-week online course, self-study, shows you how to find your purpose. The course demystifies the subject of Dharma and shows you that by following your highest excitement, you can unlock your greatest potential and create the life of your dreams. Go to www.kittytalks.com forward slash do your Dharma. Without further ado, let's dive into the next episode. just finished my interview with Naturally Sassy. She is an incredible woman. She is manifesting like a mofo. In this interview, you will get to hear how she is a natural manifester and her three-step process of how she has manifested so many things by the age of 20. Tune in right to the end because right at the end, we get down and dirty with exactly the things that you need to do to manifest the life of your dreams. So welcome to Kitty Talks. We share inspirational life stories that empower you to create yours. And today I have with me the wonderful, beautiful, naturally sassy, all the way from LA. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Well, I knew, Sassy, I had to get you on the podcast. As soon as I read your bio, I just... a, I got goosebumps, which is always oh. a guy. But I just, you know, you're a fantastic example of somebody who has not let their pain define them, but actually use their greatest pain as their greatest gift. So I'm really excited to have you on the show and for you to tell your life story and for listeners. Yeah, I'm so excited to chat about it. <laughs> Would you mind kind of just giving my audience a little bit more info about who you are and what you're doing in the world at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. So in a nutshell, I trained my whole life as a ballerina. So that was the mission. That was what I was going to be doing in the end as I was going to be a professional dancer. I started at the age of three. So this identity was very much like drilled into me from young. Um, And I just, I was dancing and slowly over the years, I got more and more intense. I moved to LA, which is where I'm based now, but I moved there when I was about seven or eight, just for a few years. And that's when ballet got really serious. I met an incredible Russian uh, ballet teacher who was very very strict and showed me that this was a career so when I moved back to the UK very quickly I wanted to be homeschooled finish my academics so I could just focus on dance and by the age of like 12 13 I was doing eight hours of training a day um, and working my body to the max so obviously I, I mean I'm sure you know that there's like a lot of stuff that goes on with body image and having an aesthetic driven career. So food for me was definitely 
a part of the equation from pretty young, maybe like 15, 14, 15, I started to really look at what my peers were doing, which is eat very little um, and look like the dream of a dancer. So there was a lot of peer pressure around that, which made me really interested in food from very, very young. And to kind of take it right to the end, I went through a huge period of having no idea about what I should eat. And then I learned I needed to educate myself. And that education was really pivotal to where I am now because I learned I love to cook. I created a business around it where we share recipes um, online, but also a cookbook, you know, worldwide. And then in the end, after years and years of injury, which I think were probably partially due to um, not eating enough, falling over on my ankle, tearing ligaments, I stopped dancing and I focused on this thing that made me so passionate, which was naturally sassy. And that's kind of where I'm at now. So it's been a roller coaster. It's a very, very long story. Um, but that's where I am now is I, I used all that to create a business I'm truly passionate about, but using everything that I learned along the way in this kind of untraditional education. Absolutely. And, and was um, ballet always, like obviously at three years old, like it was ballet something ran, that ran in your family? Like how did you get into ballet originally? I would love to say it ran in my family, but um, my my sister would laugh at me. I remember she always said to me, she's older than me by about um, 10 years. So she said that she was dancing before me. I think my mum went to a ballet class of hers and just laughed. And my sister was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm obviously terrible. Um, so I was the only dancer. I think I got put into it pretty young just as a way to like release some energy. Um, and then I, I, was pretty, I was good at it. Yeah, exactly. So I um, I was pretty good at it. And I loved the socializing of being in the studio. And I think from pretty young, it was obvious that I had a talent for it in, in a way. So I just continued doing it. And then, yeah, it wasn't until I was around seven that, that I moved to the States. And I realized like, this is this is a professional career. Like this is something you can do for the rest of your life. But it didn't run in the family. My mum was never a dancer. But they were all creative. That was the incredible thing about bringing brought up in my particular family is that they were so open to this. Like I think there's there's so many commitments we all have to make to make it work, which is why actually being a dancer was hugely pressurized in the end. It wasn't because my family put any pressure on me at all. It was more that they committed so much time to yeah. this for yeah. me, which is such a challenge. And that was one of the reasons I continued to dance for so long through an injury is like, I wanted to make this work so much for me because I put all this time to it, but also my mum who had driven me nine hours a day to go to all these different places. And my dad who had like found the best physiotherapist to try and help me. And it's, it's very much, I think, dance or any kind of elite sport. It's a family occasion. Like everybody's rooting for you. Everybody's trying to do something. So it's a hard career to decide isn't your route anymore because it's your identity completely. Mm. But wonderful you they had that you had parents that supported you, you know, doing something that you were so passionate about. Like that's you know, incredible gift, you know, to so young to find something that you are yeah. loved. Yeah, it was it was amazing, I think, to have that determination. And it's definitely like everything I learned as a dancer being so young really drove me to have a different sort of determination than I would. I mean, I didn't know my limitations because it's such a different life from what my friends were doing. My friends were at school and then they were doing their homework after school. And, and I had finished my GCSEs by the age of 13 and I was just training. I was living in London alone and I was working towards this 
completely different profession. And it was around that time that I got really injured. And this injury was at the time the worst thing that could have happened because I suddenly felt like, oh my goodness, I I can't keep keep up with my peers. And that's actually when food became a real issue for me because I was suddenly as well, like I need to still look the part. So the only way to do that is controlling my food. And it made me so depressed because I was injured. I couldn't do what I loved. I wasn't eating enough. So I felt like I had no energy at all. And I was just completely miserable. So I came from this place of just this injury is the worst thing. Little did I know that six years later, it would probably be one of the best things. But at the time, it was just terrible. And that's when the whole thing for me happened where I was like, I need to use food as some sort of tool to help me because this is just crazy that I'm making myself worse you know I'm just sitting here and feeling worse um so at that time my sister actually she had um she just launched a health and wellness magazine and that was my first opportunity to be like okay so I'm going to set myself this challenge to cook and create recipes that I can then share on this platform and through hip and healthy I didn't only just learn that I was great at cooking but I also learned how to create a business around what you love. My sister was a prime example. She worked for Condé Nast Traveler. She was um, doing promotional stuff there, but she didn't love it. And she loved health and fitness. And I had that incredible example for me that was really the start of Naturally Sassy. And so tell, talk to me about how, how it evolved. Like, you know, you went from creating recipes, posting them on a blog. Like, when did you kind of think, oh, I could make a living out of this? Yeah, so I was what was nice is that I was dancing full days and then I had these huge patches when I was injured. So I had a lot of time at the time. Like I said, it was horrible, but in retrospect, it was my creative time where I was able to be like, what do I want to do with this sub passion? You know, I'm not just a dancer now. I I have this other thing going. I really think it was an incredible experience launching a business at 15 years old. And the reason being is that I don't think I sounded 15 because I was so confident in what I felt about things but um what was great about being that age was that I really didn't know how far I could go so I sat there I launched the blog a month previous and I wanted a book deal so I decided that the best thing to do was I literally googled best um literary agents in London I sent emails to them all I got a meeting with one I prayed that they wouldn't know my age and that they'd sign me and (laughs) And it happened. It happened. He didn't ask my age. He signed me. And um, and then three months later, we did have the hard conversation of, how old are you? And I was just like, oh, my God, I don't want to tell you. I think okay, I- that's such a fantastic example, because when as you get older, you get stuff. Oh, mm. like, most people would probably have gone, oh, I can't do that because I'm not old enough or I don't have enough experience. And their stuff gets in the way. But right. What you demonstrate really beautifully is because you don't have any of, like, you're so young in the sense of, yeah. okay, this is what I want to do. I'm just going to do it. And you don't think, mm-hmm. and then you don't let your negative thoughts get in the way. That's when, you know, life happens. It t- completely. And I, I literally, that's how all my opportunities were created. It's like genuinely, even before, and this is like so 15 year old to have done, but I think I told everybody that I had gotten a book deal before I'd even gotten it. You know, like I was, yeah, no, no, I know I I was completely mad. It was everything that I ever did was manifestation, but it was for me, it was little fibs. It was just like, oh yeah. So, you know, I've got a meeting with this publisher. This publisher hadn't even got my book proposal on the table at this point. I knew what I wanted. I wanted a publishing deal with Ebury, which was um, Penguin Random House, which was one of the biggest publishers in cookery. And I wanted that. I I loved the authors that they um, published. 
so that was my goal. And six six months after I kind of emailed these, I launched my blog and emailed these literary agents. I had a book coming out with them. So it was this incredible, weird time of my life where I was dancing all day and writing all night. It was crazy. It was very strange. But for people listening, please take note about what Sassy just said, because she literally spoke into existence what she wanted in her life. You know, mm-hmm. she got clear on what she wanted. So she went and found the, the publishing house that she wanted. She took action to then contact them and go after what she wanted. And as you said, you were literally manifesting and creating in that moment because you just went after what it was you wanted and, and didn't let anything stop you. Completely. And I wasn't like super realistic. I mean, I was in many ways, but I wasn't like, okay, so which publishing houses or which literary agents would take a young person who's never written a cookbook, who's just launched a blog, I went for the best of the best of the best in my mind. And it just kind of evolved like that. And at the same time, at the same time, this is what's so crazy. And I love looking back at this period of time because it doesn't even feel like me anymore. You know, you just, you're kind of like, who was that girl that was just running around doing crazy stuff? (laughs) I I was doing a bunch of cookery demonstrations, working really closely with Whole Foods. um, And I wanted, at the time, energy bars weren't like, they're humongous now, like, you know, dates and nuts smushed together. There was literally naked bar. And that was about naked bar, love raw bar. There was about three, like big ones on the market. Now there's like a hundred. And I wanted to make something at the time that was going to fit into that and be like a little bit more indulgent. And I went from having no, like literally making them in my blender, having no, like I came up with the idea before I'd even made one. I told Whole Foods I had energy bars before I'd even made a recipe for them. And um, then I started working with the buyer. Again, he didn't ask my age. I started telling him like packaging stuff. I got a, like, a logistic manager. We got a unit in Acton. I um, got kind of like packaging shipped over from China. We had limited edition energy bars and all the Whole Foods. We got a listing with Ocado. It was just like the craziest. And that's when I realized that logistics and operations was not my forte. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, we quickly called them um, limited edition as well. As soon as I realized that the energy bar market was going to be so saturated and there was very little margin in it, I was like, these are limited edition. Um, but I did it. So it was a crazy time in terms of just doing, <laughs> doing it all. It so was- what I want to know is, because obviously you've had some amazing experience of where you've got really clear on what you want in life and gone after it, it's happened. So do you mm. give us a process that you follow now, like now going forward, talk to talk to the audience. Cause I'm sure they're like yeah. interested about that. Yeah, I think, I mean, there definitely is um, ways that I, um, I work with, with the, th- the feelings that I have and the interest I have towards my goals a little bit clearer now. I, um, when I stopped dancing, which was, uh, probably about two years ago now, I had a lot of stuff emotionally a- around that whole thing, around dancing, around my whole experience with it, how it made me feel. And um, there was a lot of time that I was very closed off about the fact that even though dancing had been my whole life, I didn't want to make it a part of my business. So, and it's, it felt wrong. I was working every day and I missed something. Like I, I didn't feel like whole in what I was doing. And I was really miserable. Suddenly I hated my work and I didn't understand why, why I loved cooking all day. And then suddenly I didn't anymore. Mm -hmm. And it was because this vital part of my body, like movement is just such an important part of my life. It's been my whole life and it was completely missed. So um, I think I learned a lot through launching and creating Ballet Blast in our online workout studio. And that was that 
if if it doesn't feel right in you because you're normally so much a part of everything that you're doing you know this business is normally an extension of you in some way that you've got to really listen in and I take like every all my feelings I am I'm very lucky I have mentors all around me that tell me things my biggest mentor even though he is not in the industry at all is my father and he always says my dad is like amazing at being the devil's advocate of everything I do like I'm so optimistic and he always shuts things down for me he's always so concerned about things he's like these are all your issues before you go and once I have my head that I want to do something Mm. I I know I'm going to do it like I, I was saying to you before we started the podcast I wanted to move to Los Angeles I got the exact visa that I needed to do everything that I do, which is almost impossible in this kind of climate in the States. And um, and I wanted this online studio to be global. I wanted an app. We got it done in two months. Like I've, I've always jumped and looked around me and people are like, what are you doing? Because these are, these are all the risks. And I've gone, I'm like prepared for the risks and I'm pretty sure I'm going to make this work. So I think what I love about what you're saying is you're very in tune with your inner voice you know mm-hmm. like you could feel when that was off so yeah. you could feel that something was off before and instead of look see what uh, what we're trying to encourage people to do Sassy, is listen to that mm. and not ignore it and actually by you listening to that you realize there was something missing the dance element was missing and that's obviously how you've integrated all the things together um, but yeah so many people don't have that courage you know they might be doing something they hate and then they just carry on doing the thing they hate because they feel they don't have any choice so again, great example of listening. Yeah, I, I mean, completely. I think that I've always been like, I, I sometimes know that things are very risky. Like I sometimes hear myself say what I want to do and go from the outside, like this is a risky move. Like, do you want to, like, for example, right now we're talking with the business of like getting investment and giving a big percentage of the business away. And for me, I'm, yeah, I, I'm very clear on what I want. And it's not like... I have this feeling that goes against what most people advise me to do. Like, you know, most people are like, take 100% of everything you do, build it really, really slow and always have that ownership. And I I know deep in me that actually I just want growth. I don't care about my own financial wealth. I just want, you know, the, the growth of it. Like, I don't care about me. I just care about where the company is going. And that it goes against every piece of advice I always get, but I just know. And sometimes I think that I have that, feeling and that's how I've always done everything as soon as I get that feeling I'm like that's that's what we're going to do that's what I'm going to do I don't I'm, have blinkers on the rest because I just know and it often feels like kind of cheeky you're like no this is like not what I should be doing and it's so risky but I'm gonna do it a, anyway it's a muscle isn't it it's like you know mm. you don't go to the gym and expect to be really fit like instantly you know you have to work that muscle but what you've been doing is working that in inner t- intuition muscle and mm. it's so far for you that you just trust it and I think it's a beautiful example because you know I believe we're all our own kind of gurus you know we all have the answers to the questions that we have we just have to trust ourselves so it sounds like you've developed a beautiful kind of you know inner trust Mm, yeah I think I think so it's just I think what's nice about the path that I took which is a little bit different is that it was such an unusual path. I didn't go to school. I didn't have those set boundaries. And actually that's one of the reasons that I ended up not dancing full time is I had this a really strong sense of self where I didn't want to be pigeonholed into this like one person, this one kind of this dancer that needs to look like this and do this and do that. I was very aware that I had my own thoughts and feelings and ways I wanted to do things. And so I was able to develop that quite quickly, I think just through the experience. But I 
do know because I speak to so many people and we have this kind of um, leg of the online studio. So we have Ballet Blast, which is our online, um, our first workout in the Naturally Sassy online studio. And within these ballet inspired workouts, we have this group, which we just launched called the Sassy Squad, which is a almost like a mentoring group where we have a, a group of women that do all the workouts, do all the monthly mixes. And I'm you know, t- texting them, they're in a group chat, we're all messaging, we're doing progress, flexibility, posture, everything. So it's a real community. And that's when you really learn when, when I think workouts are a really big reflection of life. I really do. I think the way that you feel about yourself in the gym and your body is just, it's your life. Um, seeing that stuff, it shows me so much about that sense of self and that confidence it's so hard because of all that stuff that you were saying, you know, I didn't have that stuff when I started a business. I didn't have the restrictions and the boundaries and the lack of confidence, but it's so there. And so it's kind of nice to be able to challenge that in a small way. So we do that working out and with our health, but there are so many ways like business to, to challenge what you think of yourself. Mm. Well, it also sounds, like, sounds like you've got a beautiful community going there. And I think, you know, it's really important to surround yourself with, positive influences and people who can support you if there's a certain area that you want growth in like obviously everyone's coming to you for fitness by the sounds of things yeah we fit yeah fitness and food so I mean my goal with the business as it is is just to really grow into a space where we can give women the tools to feel more confident about their bodies and feel stronger within their bodies you know as easy as possible I think that as I always put it it's like the naturally sassy woman is me is super busy would love to feel incredible every day and feel really healthy and eat the right foods and feel positive, but is so limited on time and limited on like resources to be able to do that day in, day out. So I just try to develop something that like suits me perfectly. We have like an, an app and downloadable workouts and every single day is planned out. You've got a mix for every single day and like everything we do down to even now trying to develop like a one-on-one personal trainer that types to you every day and checks in on you is just like, what I want how cool (laughs) yeah so it's it's very nice I'm able to like very much like dig into myself and be like how can I make my life easier because I know other people experience the same problems Mm. what's the vision like you said you were talking about investment at the moment like have you what's the sort of next one to three years hold for naturally sassy you know it's it's really tough because all the biggest changes for me are so small like that I want to make to the business and I think it goes back to what I was just saying previously is like I really want to grow into a space where we just make everything to do with health and wellness so easy for people like we we have the app and there's so many ways I want to develop that and grow that out branch it out into to really helping people integrate it into their lives when it comes to their shopping lists and their food and their recipes just bringing it in even closer into into one place and obviously expanding it to more and more people it's a really fantastic workout because of how it makes women feel and I'm really passionate about trying to show that to as many women as possible we have ballet in it which is pretty um I would say it can be a little inaccessible sounding it sounds like the elite do this like you can only do it if you can dance and look graceful and there's something really incredible and beautiful about seeing women that have never used their arms in this way and felt graceful in this way do this workout because there's such a deep connection that it gives to yourself. You feel silly at first, so you don't stand in front of a mirror that maybe the first time, but then you have this great connection with yourself and this beauty. You feel really beautiful and that's so rare unless you're in a beautiful dress or like somebody gives you a compliment. When do you give that to yourself when you're moving every single day? And so just being able to put that into the hands of people that are so busy, so stressed, 
is is our goal three to five years is just to be able to really grow um really branch out to a lot of different demographics and and women and it sounds like it's a beautiful way to women to sort of reconnect to their femininity as well through that dance through that movement and you know yeah. connect to who we are as women it is and actually that's the biggest thing that people say is that you come to a class and you know you might be worried that it's just going to be ballet moves and it's not it's everything that you recognize but with the best disciplines of dance thrown in so it's a real fusion of different workout techniques that's what makes it great is it's low impact but it's also incredibly challenging um, and you're using your balance the whole time but the, the, the thing that people come afterwards is that they always say this was so much harder than I expected it to be mm-hmm. the second thing is I felt so feminine like I felt so feminine and it's it's such a lovely it's a very big compliment to the workout and a compliment to themselves that they were able to relax into themselves it's very raw and it's something that like I try and bring into everything that I do in terms of like stripping away all the kind of boundaries that I feel like I'm often looking at myself and I'm like when I get stressed my shoulders come up to my ears my chest like starts to hurt a little bit I get really kind of like in my head and being able to breathe really deeply in this world is a, a pretty hard thing to do. And it's... We it's don't so, do, no. We don't, like, deep breathe. No. And so just even having that moment, like, we... Um, I, I've been going to a few different offices recently, and we've been... We have now, like, a big... A kind of a corporate uh, membership that we do. So we I go, go in and I chat to these different groups about it. And one thing that's amazing is... Um, I'm sitting in a conference room right now and it would be a conference room like this and we would just have women all around the table just doing swan arms, like bringing their arms up and down and they feel ridiculous. They feel like, what are we doing at first? And then two minutes, two minutes, their arms are killing them and they feel so open. And that openness, it's confidence and you can bring it into everything. So the nicest thing about this workout is we really build confidence through posture and grace. Like you wouldn't even think it, but as soon as you're standing in that way and you feel that relaxed and in tune with yourself everything kind of around you changes so I feel much more passionate than it just being a great way to tone up and transform your body mm-hmm. it's so much more than that and I think the mental stuff really drives the physical change to happen too so it's just for me it starts right there and it's mm-hmm. nice to be able to affect women that way mm. oh it sounds wonderful it sounds very multifaceted like rather than just a workout per se it's like working on many many different levels like emotional physical spiritual femininity Mm. yeah and I wish I felt that way when I was um dancing the whole like when I was in professional training as a dancer like I there was something very much lacking for me with with the um, emotional side of it until I was performing and then that performance was just it drove me to a completely different place emotionally that I was never able to gain in a in any sort of workout like you know if you're doing bicep curls or you're doing you know crunches you just feel like you're shortening yourself you feel like those guys that go to the gym and are like so ripped that they're walking around like almost kind of waddling like penguin walk because they're so buff mm. and you kind of just suddenly feel that you're shortening your body and it's it doesn't make you feel beautiful graceful it doesn't make you feel like you're taking um any kind of grip of your time it's it's not nearly um, as therapeutic and this workout really does do that so it's, it's lovely to be able to share it but, and build a platform around it mm. you know it's, it's a great feeling yeah it sounds like a lovely combination because I have to say I find that with the gym and I do lots of kind of hit workouts and I just love my yoga class once a week because it kind of stretches me out whereas mm. what you're saying is the the exercise sounds like a combination of the two in in a beautiful marry almost yeah it is it's 
And when I was injured, I was so injured. I said about my um, ankle, my, I tore my ankle and I had all these, every two months I would have steroid injections and then I would be able to dance a little bit more and then I'd be off again. I worked with all these incredible physiotherapists. I was working in dance with some of the best principal dancers in the world. And I was working with these physiotherapists that were recommended by them. So they were so high up and knew so much. And the exercises they would set me were one or the other. I was either dancing or I was doing strength and just like combining these two, I was getting so much stronger. I was working my flexibility with every movement. I was improving my posture. And I just realized at that point that um, there's a, a real beauty in like you say, marrying those three, being able to stretch and sculpt, being basically really at the end of the day, doing a workout that you can maintain through life. It's low impact. You can really focus in on the technique. You don't injure yourself. So the progress is so much quicker and faster and it does have all those different facets to it. Um, but it was a really wonderful feeling to be able to bring that to, to as many people as we can now with an online platform where I really didn't think I would ever be connecting with women through a computer screen as much as I do. Um, but trying to do more events and actually meet people and meet the people that stream all the workouts. So I would love to... Um our audience, I see, are very much about discovering, unveiling their purpose. You know, they know mm. they need to do something big. What advice would you have? Because obviously, you, you know, you've a great example who's someone who's just gone after their dreams and made them reality. Yeah. What advice would you have for someone listening to this podcast? You know, they've got this idea, but they don't really know where to start. I think, you know what? Everybody always says you have to be really clear with what you want. Um I think that the biggest thing that sets you back is when you're looking to be really, really clear about what you want. It can hold you back too. One of my my pieces of advice that I always try and live by is sometimes it's not about the A to the B, but you will do that kind of A, B, A, B, C. You'll grow and you'll change as you go and it doesn't have to be a perfect plan. You just have to start because mm -hmm. that's when you'll start learning. For me, like starting is the most important thing and and even where I'm at now, like growing this company, I, I just want to take the next step. And I don't think that that's always going to be the perfect next step. I might lose some money here. I might lose some followers here. I might do the wrong thing, but it feels right at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, so sometimes just starting and starting on the first plan and knowing that there's going to be multiple plans and you'll get somewhere and you'll grow from it. I don't think that I've ever done one thing that I haven't completely changed again in a in a year's time I change everything so much and it's just that's the nature of it nothing is ever going to be perfect you just have to start to start learning mm -hmm. so that's one of my my biggest pieces of advice the second is like I said like I I really try and take that teenage naivety into everything that I do I'm always going for you know the sky is the limit like who can I contact I'm never going to go for somebody that's you know, I'm going to go for the best and then I'm going to work my way down, but I'm going to believe and, and like you said, manifest the thing that I want into my life. It's going to happen. Mm. Um, and I think that belief is so strong for me that things do happen because I'm so, I'm like, I'm not even maybe confident in it. I'm just, no, it's going to happen. I'm just, I take that position. Right so I, I try to. Yeah. You're already there. You're as if you're acting as if it's happened. And again, that's like, yeah one of the keys <laughs> yeah, I really do do that and I, I like I, I didn't start thinking this is manifestation um I started in almost like showing off like being like yeah I've, I've got a book deal 
like it's it, it was it wasn't like me being like this is the secret I don't know if you've read this the book the secret I got introduced that my sister um had introduced me to that around a, a little bit afterwards and I used to suddenly do that and be like oh, I'm already using this philosophy like I'm already thanking the world for giving me I don't need the secret I'm doing it um but I try and continue just to do that every single day and then my my other thing is like everything that I do now is so digital and I can be on my computer from 9am in the morning to 1am. Like I, I can just be in this little box. I can be in a conference room and not leave it. And I think the biggest thing that I has really transformed the way that I'm going is just like making the time and saying yes to every single opportunity to meet and connect with more people. Like mm-hmm. the more people that I connect and meet them, the more opportunities arise always. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I sometimes I think that like, I just have to work and grind and get to this place like by the end of the day. Um, but the biggest shifts in my mind comes from speaking to people and creating like digital, like I have so many mentors that sometimes haven't even met me, like the kind of mentors that are like, they don't know I exist, but I take all their information online and they are literally mentoring my life. They are, I'm listening to their podcasts in the morning. I'm watching the YouTube videos. I'm reading the books. And I feel like they are guiding my life, even though I haven't met them. So getting those people, like I have incredible mentors that do know who I am, but I use them just as much. And having that in my life has been really important too. I think incredible advice, because um, if you're listening to this podcast, what Sassy just shared is so, so valuable because you're never going to know where the road stops, where it ends. So the key thing is just to start literally and as you start as you take that action the next step will become clear which is exactly what you've kind of experienced and like you said things might change but the point is that you're starting rather than not sitting in your bedroom just procrastinating and when you start it's like this um it's like an unveiling you know your path becomes clearer and clearer the more you walk down it the more you kind of actually take action so yeah Yeah. people listening definitely and I love the fact yeah so um I run an organisation, Sassy, which is um, an offshoot of uh, where The Secret was filmed. Yeah, I definitely... Mm. It's a very small world, but uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, law of attraction and manifestation does work. But I think the key thing with what you shared there is that you act as if it's already happened because mm. you don't know the difference between real life or re- and reality and or, or our dreams. So they say fake it till you make it. And it's such so true because if you're saying you've got a book deal, the universe is trying to catch up with you to say, oh, we've got to give her a book deal because she's got a book deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but people yeah. don't cotton on really? to me. I, um, I share a story, Sassy, when I manifested my husband. Mm. I wore a costume jewellery engagement ring on my on my hand and I used to look at it like a complete nutcase. <laughs> but I used to, because I, I, love felt, that. I felt like I was married and engaged and, and of course, three or four weeks later, he turned up. And interestingly, the ring is exactly the same, like sort of style as the costume jewelry engagement ring. So, I love that. That's so funny. I am. I have a similar experience in that way. In terms of, I went to Chicago. My final, um, my final time as a dancer, I was at the Joffrey Ballet in Chicago, and I had told my family and my friends that I didn't want to dance anymore after um, that summer. And I was like, I don't want to move to Chicago. This is a waste of my money and my time. And and everybody was like, just give this your last final shot. Like if by Christmas you don't want to do it, 
And then in my mind, I'd been so fixated on dance and my business at this point that I hadn't had a relationship like I really invested any time in. Like I had I'd had boyfriends that I, I liked and they were fine, but this is, was my love. Like I didn't. And I was like, okay, well, if I go to Chicago and I'm dedicating this time to dance, like I hope I find a guy. I literally said this in my mind. And I was like, why? I moved to Chicago and I said, I hope I find a guy that makes me want to stay in Chicago, like that makes me want to stay here. And um I met this this guy in this really strange roundabout way, and I and I was like, I met him one day, and I didn't even really like him that much. He was fine, and he was having a good time, but I I kept on being like, it would be so great to do long distance and just to you know then move in together in like two years time or and okay, what you wish for. <laughs> exactly, the the thing happened is I um I met this guy Riley four months later. We were doing long distance back and forth from England, and then we moved into LA together now. But it was like very much, it was, I had friends from that period of time that were like, you wanted to meet somebody you would then be able to come back and forth to Chicago with and then move in in like two years time. I had mapped it all out in my mind, like to a crazy extent. Like I had, I had really, and he had done the same thing in a very strange way as well. He was like, I really want to, I, he was like, I really want to travel to to London and shoot because he's a cinematographer and shoot there. And, and then, um, I don't think he ever really wanted a relationship, but he'd manifested everything that came with the relationship. <laughs> very funny. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a very, very funny thing how things really do just come into your life when you really think about them hard enough. And, and then it makes everything worthwhile. Like definitely I'm so glad that I went to Chicago for this yeah. last period of time. It was, it was worth it. Everything kind of happens. It's nice. It makes you accept all the moments that don't feel quite as comfy a little bit more because they're leading to something in, in one way or another. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. Sassy, I've so enjoyed our conversation. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, lo- I love talking everything, everything manifestation and everything that kind of comes from believing in yourself that little bit more. Well, thank you so much because you are a fantastic example who somebody who's going after their dreams and, you know, really not letting the little voice, the negative little voice get in the way. You know, you're you're on a mission to help and serve as many women as possible with what you're doing. And that's what I love. And you are Thank rocking you. it. So, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. And we're going to have all of Sassy's details in the show notes. So you'll be able to hook up with her there, connect with her. She's also very going to kindly offered to give us a freebie for our competition. So we will absolutely <laughs> we will give you all those details. Um, but Sassy, thank you so much for coming on Kitty Talks and sharing your story. I know it will have inspired so many people. Thank you. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. It was lovely to chat with you. Mm-hmm. And we will see you next week with another amazing guest on Kitty Talks. Bye-bye. So I already know that you are going to love that interview. What a fantastic woman, Sassy Gregson-Williams. She has already done so many amazing things and is already only 20 years old. So I know you would have got some great tips in that interview. So please, please, please go and leave us a review. We want as many people as possible to do their dharma, to turn their greatest pain pain into their greatest gift. So go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Also, you're going to be able to enter the competition for Sassy's book and platform. She's giving away free membership. So stay tuned to when her interview goes live and you'll be able to enter that competition. To enter the competition, you will need to do us a review. So just go and do it anyway. But yes, welcome to and thanks to you for listening to Kitty Talks. This podcast was sponsored by my Do Your Dharma course. Create a life so good that you pinch yourself. 
This eight-week online course demystifies Dharma and shows you how to tune in to why you're really here. Go to www.kittytalks.com forward slash do your Dharma.